Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church, where Grace FM originates in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, welcome to everyone listening on the Grace FM radio network, up and down what they call the front range here in Colorado from Cheyenne, Wyoming, south of Colorado Springs. If you're up here in the metro area, it's 89.7 down in the Springs, 101.7. And a shout out and welcome to everyone around the country on Hope FM, Truth FM, Refuge FM, and quite a few others uh, around the country listening, perhaps podcasting this or listening live on gracefm.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, a reminder that if you're listening anywhere other than uh, Grace FM, you're hearing this one week delayed, uh, but it is live. Uh, it's live. We're in studio. It's Thursday, the 17th of December. Uh, hard to believe that next week is Christmas, although there's part of us, isn't there, that wants to be done with 2020. It's been quite the year. Um, I'm putting together a Bible study for this weekend, actually uh, the next two weekends, uh, because uh, we'll have Bible study this weekend, Saturday and Sunday is when we meet. Um, we want you to come, come back in person. I've been saying it, been saying it, been saying it, and I mean it. I know there's a risk involved. Um, if you're in a high-risk category, just just follow the advice of those that love you and those that you are su submitted to medically. Um, but for the vast majority of us, we know that there's a risk and uh, we want to be careful and cautious. That's how we've opened the church, careful and cautious. Uh, but we've opened it and we've been open for some time and we'll be open. And we have weekend service. I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, trials and tribulations this weekend um, in light of the release of the book, uh, that just came out, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Uh, and then we're going to have Christmas Eve services next Thursday. Registration's open now. Uh, take advantage of it. You can register for services right now uh, at calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. And then the following weekend, we'll do kind of a recap. Well, not a recap, but just a year-ending message. Uh, and I, I really think the Lord's given me a word uh, and I was starting to put that together today too. So um, very excited, but 2020 can leave and 2020 can come in and uh, 2021, I should say, and see what the Lord has in store for us. No matter what the number of the year is, though, we, you know, we just definitely want to be faithful in what God's called us to do. Uh, we want to be faithful in what he has allowed us to be a part of. Uh, so give us a call, 303 Six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Uh, that's to get on the air, or you can text me seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. 
And that is a dedicated texting line. If we need to fill time um, without phone calls, then then we go directly to the uh, text line. So we've got somebody waiting on line one up in Strasburg, Colorado. Uh, line one is, is it Guani? Is that how you say your name? Yes, thank you, Pastor Ed. I just You're welcome. Really welcome to the... Every what? Monday to Friday. Well done. Okay, I was listening um, to Pastor Al, and he was speaking, speaking on Revelation, and there was yes. something that I didn't really understand, and I'm sorry I don't know the address, but okay. about the, this great battle, the blood will come up to the horse's bridle, and that it would take seven years to destroy all the weapons of war, but if the tribulation period <laughs> is seven years, and the battles at the end, how is that going to happen? That's a great question. I was looking for, um, I was looking for the passage that is referred to in terms of the of cleaning up the weapons, the burning of the weapons. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, well, it's hard for me to to answer it without reading it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I probably could have looked at it. Let's see here. Um, three and a half years prior, it's Ezekiel 39.9, says the Jews will... Uh, so let me look at it. Ezekiel 39.9, I think, is what he was referring okay. to. Okay. And let's see what it says here. And by the way, uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, Pastor Al just came out with a new book on Revelation, uh, and he put into print form um, the these studies. So I think... Um, I have it on my desk. It's it's a great resource to have when you're studying Revelation, and it says here, Ezekiel thirty-eight or thirty-nine nine says, "Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set fire and burn the weapons, both the shields, uh, bows, arrows, javelins, spears. They will make fires for them for seven years." Is what thirty-nine nine says. Um. The question, you know, the question will be, when does that take place? But whenever that takes place, the cleanup of that will be seven years. Yes, but if the tribulation is only seven years, and the battle's at the end of tribulation, how is that going to happen? <clears throat> That's a great question. I have no idea. Okay, oh, thank I mean, not that you, you don't know. The <laughs> I'm going to. I, I need to. I, not, like, let, let me I see. Yeah, stay <laughs> on the line. Hold on a second. Let me look one place real quick here and see if I can't get you an answer. Uh, for some reason, my my brain is not connecting here. So let's see. Uh, seven months to bury the bodies. Uh, only professional radioactive. Uh, Gog and Magog 39.9 uh, Weapons, shields, bucklers That l Let me look it up and see if I can't get it By the second half of the program Okay, and thank you so very Very much, and I look forward to Christmas Eve 2 o'clock Yes, I look forward to it too I'll, now, But this has stumped me, you stumped me at the Yes, please do make a reservation That way we can sort out and be prepared For everyone that's coming Okay Thanks so very much, dear one. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 
I'm looking at a couple of sources. I have some literal uh, commentaries that help. For some reason, I forces of Gog's numerous implements uh, of warfare. Israelites would not need to burn traditional fuel. Weapons left to burn. They take the spoils. The invaders brought the land. Uh, God will turn the table um, on this battle. Hmm. Yeah, my mind can't wrap away, wrap around the the order of of things, but I I'm gonna get it. I'll get it for you. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Canyon City now. Clarissa is calling. Clarissa, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, um, first of all, it's just I really thank you being on the air uh, and on TV. My 92-year-old dad's been listening to you. Uh, oh, my wow. son, who was incarcerated, just turned his life around. And so uh, kudos to all of you who put this together and and all. So, oh, right on. Um, <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about preachers talking pre-trib. Are you yes. in that boat? And I, I just have some yes. questions. I am. Okay. I would. So, uh, we would. We would look at our theology as known as premillennial, pre-tribulational. Because mm-hmm. um, there are other scriptures that don't support that. Um, you know, the, the day of the Lord in Second Thessalonians two, the coming of the Lord. You know, we will be gathered uh, with Him. And that day will not come until after the great falling away, after the man of sin is revealed, you know, and prepared to endure. So, I mean, there's just other verses that speak of going through the tribulation. Well, it's definitely a debatable um, doctrine and teaching in the Church today. I think that because it's debatable, um, we all have our camps, right? And we can... Yeah. We can say we could look at the passages and cohesively put them together. You know, the day of the Lord and the rapture of the church are, in my biblical view, two separate events. The rapture precedes the day of the Lord, the second coming, and they actually are separated by seven years of time. Uh, and and the there's a lot of activity that is going to take place. Um, a strong delusion. There's going to be. Um, there's going to be a great falling away. I mean, I think that if we're not in it right now, we certainly can see um, the remnant, or not the remnants, but the prelude, or at least show us what a great falling away looks like and what's happening to the church today, uh, especially with uh, COVID, the restrictions, the things that are being done, the how churches are half empty right now, if they're open at all, um, and some of the churches that are jam-packed happening to be packed because of political um, teachings and such. But like you could see that. But because it's a debatable thing, what we need to do is we need to come back and say, what do we agree on? And then as we are talking about what we agree on, which we agree that the Lord is returning, we agree that he's going to uh, fulfill his word, um, we agree that his coming is, uh, is the blessed hope, and we have that blessed hope, um, the timing of it, you know, it's debatable. Um, 
if right. if you're wrong, let's just say right now in the view that you may hold, if you're wrong, then the rapture is going to be a blessed surprise to you. If I'm wrong, then the great tribulation is going to be a challenging surprise to me. But either way, we're still living in great anticipation of the soon return. Um, and, you know, I've spent a lot of teaching and a lot of, I have a lot of resources that I can send you uh, to answer these questions or to at least that answer some of the more difficult questions. Um, I did a Bible study uh, where I went through, and I think I came up with 12 reasons biblically why I believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. And I just kind of list them out, and you can look mm-hmm. at them. Um, well, yeah, it's not without that, that would conf- be fine. Yeah, I would like to see that. Um, because, you know, the, the other countries in the other parts of the world is going through massive, there's been persecutions of millions of Christians tortured to death, and, you know, they're not saying, oh, we're going to be out of the tribulation, they've already lived through it, you know, and um, so I just, you know, I think as us Christians, we should definitely try our best to prepare others to expect it and endure it, because right now, yeah, these are trying times. Well, I mean, I think when you when you start to make observations like that, we have to do two things. We have to make sure that we make biblical observations and then personal observations because I have I have spoken to believers all around the world in in all sorts of I I haven't been uh to China. I almost went to China when we were taking Bibles in uh years mm-hmm. ago and I wasn't able to go and minister to the to some of the underground church, but they're resilient perseverance in their present day troubles only make them more hungry for the return of the Lord. So the idea that other believers enduring great difficulty around the world doesn't preclude them believing in a soon return of the Lord, you know, of the rapture. Um, mm-hmm. Or even if they hold to a, this, the, even if they hold to a view that's, um, Hey, I, I just believe that at the end of the age, Jesus is returning. Well, either way, there and you know we you're you're right in the sense that we need to and continue to to teach an endurance in both mm-hmm. tribulations with a little t and the great tribulation um, because endurance or that word one of the words that's used most popular in the Greek language is the word hupomone. You know the mm-hmm. the Lord is wanting us to bear up under is what that word means the weight and pressure of difficulties. And I think it's only going to get more. Um, and it's funny because when people under great duress or, or when they see great duress, um, there'll be some that says, you know, um, the rapture, it's just a doctrine of escapism, you know, and it's just a sense of escapism. But Jesus said, pray that you might escape, uh, the, Mm -hmm. this coming tribulation he, he taught us. So it's not, I, I, I think some people could, could, um, could, view it as escapism but the reality is is jesus said hey look don't look forward to tribulation pray that you might be taken out um pray that you might avoid it and and if well, it's yeah, the and escapism says, you will have tribulation you know so, <laughs> so with a, yeah but yeah. be of good cheer i've overcome the world so right. like any pastor so let's back up a little bit because i think you make a really good point any pastor that's not teaching uh, a true biblical theology of suffering of mm-hmm. trial, of tribulation, it is not a good pastor. Yeah. yeah. They're not they're not teaching the truth. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. 
I mean, and I'm not going to take up all the time. I would love to have what you've studied okay, and, and read that. And um, so, yeah, I, there's a lot of points, but yeah, I, do, I didn't call in for an argument. I just wanted to see where that's you okay. stand. I thought that's where yes. you were, but I couldn't remember which where I thought. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. No, I'm glad that you ask. I mean, we're very unashamedly pre-tribulation and pre-millennial. And at the same time, I also recognize because it's debatable, I could mm. be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. That that's not beyond the, you know, I could be wrong in this view. But I don't mm-hmm. think even no matter what view I hold, I don't think it's wrong to point people to live a life worthy of the calling of which they've called. So it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the Bible says when you and I are looking for the blessed hope, it purifies us and. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to teach a bunch of people. I don't want to teach people, myself included, to be lazy and just kind of run up your credit cards because the Lord's coming back. We're to we're to be gentle sure. as ju- doves, but wise as serpents. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll send it to you, and then you can call back. I, I'm open to any questions. It's fine with me. Well, and I also wanted to know: Can I send you something that I've seen that <clears throat> might give you another point of view? If maybe you've already seen it, but if I can, can talk to send the me other whatever guy. you like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, depending on how long it is will depend on on whether I read it or not, but I'm sure it's not anything I haven't seen before. It's a video, but yeah, I'll forward it on if if you have time. I don't have time to watch videos. I can read, but I I don't have time to watch. I don't want to be dishonest with you. I I can't tell you. I'm glad you asked because I can't Uh tell you how many people have forwarded YouTube videos to me in the Mm. last year that I just simply don't have time to watch, but... I respect mm-hmm. your view, and I'm great. We're believers. We're gonna. We're seeking the Lord to come back, and and you know the 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 real evidence will be the fruit of our lives. Man, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I'm good with that. Again, yeah, I'm just so grateful for your ministry. And uh, thank you. God bless you. Yeah. So, do you know how to? Do you have my email address? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, it's ed at edtaylor.org. Okay. Org. Yeah, if you email me, just remind me of the conversation uh, from okay. the radio today, and I will turn it around. I could even probably turn it around today, and I'll send you a series of links to studies that I have that in my Dropbox. Okay. Thank you so much. All right? Okay, All bye-bye. Right. Bye. 303 It's always good to have um, hearty discussions. Even when we don't agree, it's okay. It's okay if we don't agree. Uh, as a matter of fact, it shows a great testimony to the world, uh, I believe, when we can have good, hearty discussions, even when we don't agree. Um, that's okay. 303-690-3000. Up to Fort Collins. Uh, Chris is on the line. Chris, Hi, welcome to the program. I have a question that when we get together with family the next time, because the holidays are coming up, and I would like to do that on a small scale, but I would like to have communion since we haven't had that in a long time. Okay. One of the son-in-laws, though, is a non-believer. So how okay. would be the best way to tactfully do this? Well, I think that you would make it a part of celebration. You kind of announce it. I think you have a great opportunity for uh, the explanation of what the elements mean that would 
have a great uh, testimony to your own, to the to the. Did you say your son-in-law? Yes. Your son-in-law that's not a believer. As you explain how the origins of communion, you explain how Jesus instituted it. How and and you kind of say part of our celebration this year is we're going to take the the Christian um, memorial meal together, which we call communion. And and communion is for those that have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the bread means this, and the cup means this, and and we're going to pray over them. And Jesus told us to do this uh, in remembrance of Him. And and I would just do it as like I would within a room. And you know, when we have communion as a church, we know that that room is filled with unbelievers. Uh, and so we invite unbelievers to the table, right? To the expression. But I don't invite believers to partake of it because it would it would have a tendency to be not real to them. Uh, it would it, it, a lot of different reasons. I don't think um, it's wrong it, it per se that if an unbeliever happens to take the elements, I just don't think they mean anything to them. And I would want them to take it seriously. And the way I approach that is I want it. I, I express it in a serious way to our church tell them that it is for those that are in relationship with Jesus Christ. And who knows, taking communion with your family might open a door to talk to him about it. I I don't know that I would make a public discussion about it unless he really invited it, you know, in because it might be humiliating to him. I don't want to humiliate him, right? I don't want to isolate him. He knows he doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. But I would, like anything, if you're praying before a meal, you invite everybody to the table. If they want to pray, they can. If they don't, they can keep their eyes open or whatever. Um, but I would just do it as if I would just do it, uh, lead it in such a way that honors those that are going to partake of it, and ex- and give such an explanation where the unbeliever knows that it is a special meal just for believers. Okay, thank you for that explanation. Um. Another idea that I have, just thinking out loud, is maybe you talk to him privately beforehand and just say, you know, we one of the things we're going to do this year because 2020 has been so hard is we're going to take communion together. Um, are you okay with that? And you're not asking his permission, but you are respecting him. And he goes, no, I'm not okay with that. And then you could say, well, why? And he can give his explanation. And, you, you know, it can actually become a really neat thing to talk to him about it. So whether he says yes or no, you're going to do it anyway, but you're engaging in him and inviting him into a conversation about the, I mean, it's it's like you have a great opportunity to talk to him privately and even share the gospel with him before communion ever happens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel good about all of that. How does, uh, so being a mother-in-law, uh, how, what kind of relationship do you have with him? It's okay when I see him, but he isolates himself, uh, and so there's very little opportunity to have a discussion with him, and he mostly limits himself to yes or no answers, and so he's not a very good conversationalist, and it's really hard to have a conversation in general with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Well, perhaps... Uh, so since that's really the only issue, you know, because sometimes there's tension with the in-laws, this could be a real, 
you know, you it could you can take the lead in it and in a real positive way and say, um, you know, whatever his name is, look, we we're going to do something special this year, and I really I would really love for you to uh, participate. Um, but the problem is, is that what we're going to do is only for those that have a relationship with Jesus. You know, the, however it comes out, like it's going to be you, right? It's going to be you and your personality and your way of communicating, but you're inviting him into a conversation of something that it's not just sprung on him like in the moment so that he walks away and it's very demonstrative, but you've already talked to him about it and go, man, I'm so glad you're here. Glad you're here for the holidays. And you know, I can think of a you you I can think of a hundred different ways that you could approach him with it that doesn't have to be drawn out or difficult, but it could be very explan like very compassionate, very concerning and taking the time to explain what you guys are doing so he doesn't feel um and doesn't appear to be put on the spot. I guess that's the that's the best because he is already gonna feel uncomfortable but you've already honored him ahead of time. So that's going to minimize feeling uncomfortable. But we, there's a piece where he should feel uncomfortable <laughs> because the Lord's pursuing him and he loves him and wants to see him in a relationship with him. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you for explaining that. And I hope maybe, uh, maybe this answers some questions for others that are listening. Fantastic. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. I think I agree with my sister. This, as you, as you, as you see maybe family coming in, and by the way, I know that, I know that the government has said, don't have anybody, don't celebrate Christmas. It, that's just not possible, folks. Like, obviously be wise, be careful, be safe. But one of the, one of the, characteristics that God has built into Christian believers is hospitality. And again, uh, I'm advocating walking in wisdom. I'm advocating uh, wearing face coverings um, for the person you're visiting, like just to honor them. And I mean, I I went to an arrangement, Not I'll give you a couple examples. I went to a, a gathering not too long ago where I knew the guy didn't believe in face coverings. And so everybody there didn't have them, but I wore one uh, for the sake of everyone there, but also for the sake of the people I'm going to minister to at the church. And and whether whether they work or not, you know, all those debates, listen, it, I didn't lose anything by wearing it. And then recently, uh, when I was on a mission trip in Watts, my host, uh, because we stayed in host homes, my host is a, was a high-risk man, Him and, he and his wife, uh, just had open heart surgery not too long ago, uh, and and in staying in his house, he requested that we wear masks uh, and stay distance from him, and they were able to show tremendous hospitality. But we also honored them by honoring their requests. So it, you can do both, you know, uh, and it's pretty cool that way. So, um, but hospitality is part of the. This is it. This is part of the package. Um, this is it. This is, um, hospitality is what God has made us. And so as you celebrate and you choose to have communion, that's pretty cool. Uh, you can start these conversations on the side and, and explain and, uh, it's pretty cool. So great idea. We're, we're coming up on the break. So I'm going to wait 
to next, ne- take the next couple questions. Thanks for your patience. want to welcome you guys again to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a Denver suburb. And uh, you guys listening on Grace FM, uh, this is a live broadcast. Uh, you guys listening uh, anywhere else, you're listening to a delayed broadcast. But listen, every time the show's on, you can call. Unless it was an encore presentation, we'll take your call, we'll answer your question, the live audience will hear it, and then you get to hear it a week later on your station. Uh, So I've got a couple things I want to talk about at the top of the second half, and then we've got some calls and even some texts to see if we can get through, um, get into on today's program. Uh, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Um, Pastor Ed, do you believe Judas went to hell or did he go to heaven? I do believe he's living eternally separate from God. Not because of suicide, though. Because his rejection of Messiah. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live, second half. Taking your calls and your questions. My name is Ed Taylor. want to remind you guys our Christmas Eve services, registrations open now. Please, please do register early. Let us know everybody that you're bringing, how many people, so we can be ready uh, for reasonable distancing uh, and just anticipate what it's going to look like next Thursday. Right now we're meeting at 2, 4, and 6 p.m. and would love to have you be a part of our celebration. Uh, We're also having services this weekend, Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning 8.45 and 10.45. I'll be sharing a Bible study on, on trials um, I think I'm calling it that pesky thorn, that pesky thorn. And it's going to coincide uh, even as our uh, uh, the resource, the new book that uh, we just published called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. That is now available. Uh, it launched last weekend. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there last weekend. However, I will be there at our church family this weekend. And we're going to, it is available. We'll make it available. I'll be teaching a Bible study just encouraging us, strengthening us, heading. I know a lot of churches are doing Advent and Christmas things, and I'm all good for that. But over the years, I've always just taught the Word, and I've, I've taken the end of December as well as January just to speak to our church, speak to our radio audience, speak to those joining us online. And I do think that God wants you to know uh, of His faithfulness, of His healing power. And I want you to get a copy of this book. I mean, it is a... Uh, book that's been three and a half years in the making, really seven and a half years in the making. It's funny. Some people thought it was about me and flipped out about it. it the book's not about me. It's about the Lord. Uh, it's about his faithfulness. Uh, it is about, yeah, it was born out of great pain uh, in my life for sure. And there is definitely a story to tell, uh, a true story to tell surrounding my son and his time in his hospital and hospice and all the decisions that were made against him. You bet. There is definitely a story to tell. Uh, but this is not the story. This is the story of God's faithfulness. That's what, that's the, that's what I've been put on the earth. I've been put on the earth to tell you about the goodness of God uh, and his faithfulness and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations. So whether it's grief or divorce, 
abandonment or financial disaster, fear, anxiety, this is it. And we want to put this book in your hand. Uh, right now, you can go to my website, edtaylor.org, uh, edtaylor.org. I put a link there where you can get the book. We're going to be putting... Um, the we're going to be putting um, up our store here pretty soon, and we'll give you the link for that. But uh, when it's up, but right now you have to go to edtaylor dot uh, org, and then you can click through there. Uh, and so, good stuff. Um, Want to put it in your hands? Um, you know, the real backbone of the book was uh, my assistant Cassandra. Uh, and all the extra hard work she put into getting it done this year. We didn't know COVID would hit this year. We didn't know. This has been years we've been working on this, and finally we got it in print form, uh, and we want to put it into your hands. So be sure uh, to check it out. Colorado Springs, line three is Maria. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Taylor. How you doing? Good. What's up? Um. So, okay. So my question is about... Mark chapter 3, verses 28 through 29. So I, I'm okay. sure you already know what that is um, without uh, me having to tell you. Yeah, right? You, know, you can just tell me your question. Oh, well, that is my question. Like, what is the what? sin of blasphemy? What is the sin of blasphemy okay. against the Holy Spirit? And what does it have yeah. to do with, like, hypocrisy? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the... The reality of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, we we work backwards because it, it's kind of an in in you know, how how do you say it? enigmatic enigmatic type of teaching for Jesus from Jesus because he doesn't come right out and say what it is. Um, he just describes it right. It's he describes um, this particular behavior that is um, unforgivable, and so we have to ask ourselves. Well, in the entirety of Scripture, what is unforgivable? Um, what exactly is um, a sin that will never be forgiven? Uh, and so, when he when he gives this teaching, he gives us the. Uh, I just had it here. Where did it go? I had it pulled up. Uh, I share assuredly, verse twenty eight. I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men. And whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean spirit. So this triggered what they said triggered this teaching. And what they did was they they attributed the work of God or the presence of God or the deity of God to the devil. And in a in a very dramatic way, they rejected Jesus Christ in this. They did it a particular way, but what, what's being highlighted here is their rejection of Jesus Christ. That particular sin will never be forgiven. Um, there is, there, there's no forgiveness to the unrepentant person, to the person that doesn't ask for forgiveness. There is no forgiveness. Uh, relationship requires two parties entering into an agreement. God has made his, has sealed his end of the agreement, and in order to enjoy the benefits that God promises, we need to approach God the way that he says. And so the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the sin that will never be forgiven, is the, uh, the person that resists and rejects the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the drawing of the Holy Spirit, 
the conviction of sin, not many sins, but the sin that's in lives, a person that dies rejecting uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, rejecting Jesus Christ, is subject to eternal condemnation. They will not experience forgiveness. Great. That was well defined. Thank you for that. I've always heard it, like, um, in my circle, um, to be like the Holy Spirit. So, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit was something like, uh, you're not accepting his forgiveness, something like that. You don't accept well, his I, forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, I think in a form, I, in a in a form that that could be, um, but, but we're talking on a on a grand scale. We're talking, you know, the the Bible says Jesus told us that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would be to draw people to Him, speak of Him, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit would also to bring conviction of sin. So if the way it was described to you is that you're not responding to the conviction of sin and repenting and born again, then yeah, that would be a statement. But if it, that would be a true statement. But if what they mean is, well, you know, you're a believer and you're going in and, and you just kind of beat yourself up and don't receive the forgiveness of God. No, that, that's not what it means. I mean, this is the event this, mm-hmm. the the one sin that will not be forgiven is the sin that keeps you and me when, and neither one of us, uh, I'm going to, um, assume, and I'll ask you, are you born again? Yes, I am. I am I, too. So yeah. we haven't committed the, and I committed a lot of blasphemies in my life. Just yeah. like Jesus said, I, I did a lot of bad things. I said a lot of bad things. I mocked God. I mean, I'm not proud of it. I just know that there's a lot of blasphemy in my life and God has forgiven me and washed me by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's right. Well, Pastor, thank you for answering my question. It's a great question. Thanks for calling. Yep, you're welcome. God bless. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, let's move on to Littleton, Colorado. Patty's on the line. Patty, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. So my question is um, in regard to uh, the rapture and the mark of the beast. And can you tell me um, what your belief is on the timeline and which comes first and maybe some scripture to back it. I'm a, okay, like a so conspiracy theorist and I've um, with the false media, I, I really don't watch a lot of TV, but um, I feel okay. like they're leading people um, to the immunization, which I personally believe um, is like um, part of this, uh, the mark of the beast. So um, I'm trying to like... Um, just uh, figure out, like, I've always had questions also as far as, like, pre-trib and post-trib, um, okay. just because I have been given scriptures uh, called Gene and Geraci in regards to this, um, yes. and actually never really um, wrote down the scriptures, but he gave me scriptures um, <clears throat> backing the pre-tribulation rapture, but I always seem to come back to the, to the scriptures that um, tell me that we will be going through the, the tribulation. So um, okay. maybe you could help with that, too. Um, just wondering well, if like the I, rapture comes first or the mark of the beast. Well, I believe that the mark of the beast is something that takes place during the Great Tribulation period. And so having happened within that seven years, you know, the mark of the beast comes with the revelation of the Antichrist. So the Antichrist is the one that administers it, 
uh, the one that establishes it, and the Antichrist comes to power in the Great Tribulation period. Uh, there's some debate whether how early it is, um, but he definitely is the ruler of the world during the Great Tribulation period. So if a person if a person believes in the rapture, like I do, a pre-tribulational rapture, then we'll be taken out before the Antichrist is revealed as the Antichrist. That doesn't mean he's not alive, obviously. He would be alive. He's not going to be a baby. Um, he would be alive uh, at the time of the rapture. He would be an adult. He would be in a place of power, I'm sure, or being set up uh, to uh, take control. But for the person that believes in the rapture, they, the, then believers won't see this. For the person that doesn't believe in the rapture, then believers would see the Antichrist. And we, we have to be clear of what the mark actually is. Now, we don't know what it is in the sense of what technology is going to be used, uh, how it's going to be used. But we do get thing, we do know things. The Bible does tell us about things about the mark. One, it's going to be required to participate in worldwide commerce. You're not going to be able to buy or sell in the new system. In and make make sure that's un, understood. You're not going to be able to buy or sell in the new system. That doesn't mean you're not going to be able to buy and sell on the black market underground. There's going to be a lot of things going on in the Great Tribulation period for people surviving and get a, getting along. And but in the worldwide system that is both economic as well as religious and it is a religion of the beast it is some for for the mark of the beast is is when a person takes the mark of the beast they, that is an act of worship of the beast listen to what it says in revelation chapter 19 verse 20 in revelation chapter 19 let me get up here verse 20 it says uh, then the beast was captured, with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those, listen, who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. The two were cast alive in a lake of fire burning with brimstone. The, the mark and worship go hand in hand. And I believe that the mark of the beast is is not simply a mark, uh, microchip, uh, um you know, back in the day, I've been around long enough that there've been a lot of guesses on what it is. Um, we certainly have technology that exists, but I remember seeing for the first time uh, a, a brother as a new believer showed me a magazine where people had barcodes on their head. Whatever the mark is systemically, systemically the reality is, is it represents a person's devotion to the system. And nobody will take the mark of the beast against their will Nobody will have the mark of the beast slipped into them while they're unconscious uh, and because God is going to judge by the worshipful heart. The people that take the mark of the beast will be anti-God. Like believers aren't just going to be tricked into taking it. So then now you spend like that's not how it works. You're going to be the, the system will be the draw where it will reveal a group of people go, yeah, I want the mark of the beast because I want to be a part of the system. I want the mark of the beast because I want to participate. I want the mark of the beast because I love this world. And that's the key of, that's really the key when it comes to the distinction in the book of Revelation. Um, you have those that are on the earth and you have those that are worshiping God. And you see that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth.
Okay, so do you have any scripture that can, that I can hang on that I can actually remember? <clears throat> you know, like I always find the ones that convince me of the post tribulation or the mid tribulation or whatever rapture. But what is the scripture that actually confirms your belief um, in the pre tribulation rapture that we won't be here to um, to deal with it with us? Well, there's coming? quite a few, but I, I would I would say one of them that really speaks to that really speaks definitively uh, is in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. You know, let me get there with you. Um, but email me; I'll send you more information that you than you can. That it'll take you a while to read through it. I'd love to share okay. it with you, and you can that look through it on on that. So it says here, uh, "Behold, this is First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty-one. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep." But we shall be all changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. And there is a there's a distinction between those that are alive and those that are dead at this event. And there will be a resurrection for those that are dead. And for those that are alive, they will have a metamorphosis. They will be changed instantly and i believe that that refers you know not all will die that there'll be a generation alive uh, at the time of the rapture of the church that will be uh changed and i think the other verse um that and i go into depth on this like i think like i said i'm looking at it i'm not looking at that particular scripture but one of the notes i'll send you is like 10 or 12 reasons why i believe in a pre-trib rapture and um, the other one is in First Thessalonians chapter four, First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen, okay. and it says this: "For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven." Well, actually, let me go up one, verse fifteen. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then check this out. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words." That's exciting. That's a group of people that are going to be alive and changed and caught up into the presence of the Lord in the twinkling of an eye. I mean, that it's it's unbelievable how exciting this is. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so well, email me. So I'll send you more information than, than you're asking for so that you can just study it for yourself, look at the answers. Um, look, I, I have a timeline of how the what I how I believe things lay out in the scriptures. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of, and okay. it's no problem for me. I'll just copy and paste it and then you could look it over and be encouraged. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. So my email address is ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org. Um, I'm sorry. There was a part of your question about the vaccine. Do you think that that's part of the mark of the beast? I don't know what they're putting into this vaccine. Like, I don't know. Even if they put some kind of microchip, they talked about that tracking. Like I said, I don't believe 
the mark of the beast will be taken against a person's will. I don't believe it'll be slipped in. And now all of a sudden, true believers who love Jesus Christ are now going to go to hell because they they, they were concerned about their health and they got a, a shot. I don't believe that at all. However, I do believe that what we're seeing in our culture today, what we're seeing in our society today, I, I while I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, I think sometimes conspiracy theorists uh, get a bad rap because they're looking at the facts, they're putting the facts together, and they're giving you a narrative that's different than the typical narrative. And you know, the Bible narrative couldn't be clearer that there will be a system coming in that uh, you won't be able to participate in the religious system. You won't be able to participate in the world without this mark and that you will take it voluntarily. You will ask for it. You will want it. You will jump in. And could it come through some sort of deception? Yes, for sure. We're being conditioned for that, no doubt. Um, there's some bad stuff going on. And what we need to do is we need to stay close to the Lord. And so what happens? Believers get caught up in all kinds of things that mean absolutely nothing. Uh, they're mad about this and they're mad about that and they're arguing about this and arguing about that. And that's where, you know, that's where the deception comes in, right? That's where things happen where you're just like, whoa, um, our eyes aren't on the Lord. We're not living for him. Uh, we're not following him. Uh, we're not uh, surrendered and submitted to him. Um and so we want to be super careful to keep our relationship with Jesus firmly fixed upon him and just know that he loves us and he cares for us. But I don't believe the vaccine is the mark of the beast, but the way that the world has changed in just nine months, you can see how things can happen. Uh, you can see how it all gets lined up. All right, let's go over to uh, Daniel on line three in Greeley, Colorado. Daniel, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Um, hey, what's up? I'm just calling. I'm just calling for a prayer request, and uh, okay. it's really important to me because uh, I just moved to this church in Fort Collins. It's a Hispanic church. Uh, we are a Hispanic church, but uh, the challenge for me is uh, uh well, I'm gonna be doing my sermons in English. Yes, and. I don't like that I have an accent. I don't know if you can tell by that. And I always, uh -huh. give, I, I have always given my my sermons in Spanish. So yes. I mean, none of the kids, none of the youth, uh, knows how to speak Spanish. So it's gonna mm -hmm. be a tough one for me. Uh, okay. I uh, just a prayer request that God, that God could help me just to make it. I will pray for you, <laughs> and I want to yeah. encourage you that even. Even with your accent, you know, you being able to speak two languages, being able to connect with people in a, English as a second language for you is is a good thing. And, and I can understand you with no problem. And I'm going to also pray that if some of those kids, you know how mean kids can be, they make fun of you or they, they snicker oh, yeah. or whatever it is because they're kids, that you just don't listen to them. You know what? You're serving the Lord. You're doing a great job. And... You know, kids are going to have to learn how to receive from you. They're going to have to learn how to love you and respect you. And I just hope you don't, um, you know, you don't take it personal, even though it's easy to take personal. Um, yeah. I'm just going to pray those kids respect you and don't make fun of you. Yeah, please. Thank you, Pastor. 
Father, I pray for my brother as he steps into this um, new role, and I pray, God, that you would use him, even as he, you know, he's, you, even as you know him personally, Lord, you know him more than what he's sharing with us, and I'm grateful that he knows two languages, maybe more than two languages, and that you're using him even in a language that he is uncomfortable. He's more comfortable with his first language than he is his second, and I thank you that he's walking by faith and that he's stepping into what you've called him to do. And I know that you will establish him, you will help him, and you will use him. And I pray you'd give him strength, God, as he has to do a little extra work uh, to translate into English. And I pray against any of the kids, Lord, that would want to make fun of him or disrespect him, Lord, that they would honor their leader and their elder, and they would honor their teacher, and they would honor you using them, and he would be uh, an ex- um, he would be an encouragement to them that maybe they're the next missionary and they would have to move to another country and learn the language, and maybe they wouldn't know it as good or speak it as well, but they're going to do the best that they can. Maybe God, you speak teaching in English would be an inspiration to a kid or two or three to go into the mission field where they would learn a new language and serve you. So God, what the enemy might mean for evil, we want you to turn around for good. And we look forward to hearing great report on my brother Daniel. Lord, give him courage and bravery beyond what he has today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You have a good one. Okay, bro. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I love that. You know, so Daniel is a little bit of kind of concerned, but like, I don't even know two languages. I tried for years to learn Spanish. Um, You know, I love the language. I love the culture. I just don't have what it takes to learn the language. I would have to be immersed in it. Like, I'd have to live in the country. Um, And uh, obviously, that's not what God's will for me is right now, but... Um, I commend you listening, those of you listening that know two languages or three or four, that English isn't your first language, but you learned it and you're using it and you're using your native tongue. You're using English. You're, you, I, 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 I could even say to some degree, I'm a little jealous because I have traveled around the world, uh, and have had translators and, and it's, um, I wish I could learn languages. So for those of you that know languages, I commend you. And may God use you in these last days. God is going to reach every tongue, tribe, and nation. And perhaps he's going to use you to do it. So praise God for that. Uh, Let's move on to Denver, Denver, Colorado. Line one is Carlos. Welcome to the program. Hi, Atasha, Ed. Hey, what's up? Um, So my question is, um, huge fan of the radio show. I put my grandparents onto this. Love everything that you guys do here. What right is on. God's plan for his people still to come? I had a coworker who <clears throat> kind of said, yeah, well, the Jews kind of had it here, but now they don't have that anymore. And God kind of yeah. has them discarded. So I kind of just wanted more insight. I know that there was some messages, whether it was last week or the previous week. I don't know if you taught on it or Steve or Pastor Louie or Dave, but I've been trying to soak it up. But I just it kind of flew through my mind when I was kind of faced with the opposition. Well, God has a plan and a purpose that's irrevocable for the nation of Israel. Um, and, and we're grateful for that because if God keeps his promises to Israel, then he's going to keep his promises to us. And right now, we're in between something known, and it, it may be 
Uh, I don't know who else is teaching Daniel on the radio, but I know I know our bounding grace is in Daniel, and we t- I talked about in chapter nine uh, the sixteen the sixty ninth and the seventieth week of Daniel, and we went into that in depth. Uh, and the seventieth week of Daniel, or that last set of seven years, is known as the Great Tribulation period, but it's also known as J- Jacob's trouble, and it's also known as the time period that God is going to turn his attention once again to the nation of Israel in fulfilling his promises to them. Uh, And right now we live in a time known as the church age or the age of grace. Um, Jesus told Peter that he would build his church, calling out for himself a people, a bride. And so we're living right now in this age of grace or what's known as the last days. uh, And that's the time biblically between the 69th week and the 70th week, which hasn't started yet, of the book of Daniel. Uh, in the last seven years of human history, God's going to turn his attention back to the children of Israel. He's going to be sending 144,000 Jewish evangelists throughout the world. He's going to be using the two witnesses, and the gospel is going to be preached to the Jewish people in a very particular way where God is going to give uh, opportunity for the Jews to respond to once and for all to his, to his grace and to their Messiah, that even though they've rejected Jesus, those that are alive during the Great Tribulation period are going to get a chance uh, to come back, uh, to repent. Uh, I mean, they have that chance now, but there'll be a focused attention upon the Jewish nation in the last seven years of, of recorded history. And I talked right into the music, bro. I'm sorry. Um, We're at the end of the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm sorry I talked into the music. Um, Go to calvaryco.church. Register for this weekend. Register for Christmas services on Christmas Eve. God bless you guys. I'll see you this weekend. The Lord, Lord willing. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.